That sounds good, man. All right. <clears throat> Let me have some of my coffee. Of course. Some cheers. Of water. Oh, cheers, man. Cheers for coming on. Yeah. All right. Um, how would you like me to introduce you? Would you like me to introduce you as a DJ? Would you like me to say your first and last name? I'm just... Would you like to introduce yourself? Um, you can introduce me. I don't really mind, but uh, just Colton. Colton? Okay, yeah. sweet. Everyone um, kind of calls me Crispy, but... Yeah, do you want me to say Crispy Colton? Sure. Okay, sweet, man. Crispy Colt or whatever. Crispy Colton? Yeah, 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 I like it, man. <clears throat> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Uncommon Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Crispy Colt, and we are going to talk a little bit about um, how we met originally, um, how we actually became kind of friends just at this yeah. like rock party. Um and actually, I'm wearing that. I'm wearing that same crystal too man. from uh, from that oh, little yeah. rock house party. That was that was a crazy night, man. Um, yeah, and I just really wanted to dive into you being a really really young artist and your mindset around it. You have a really really mm -hmm. cool mindset. When we talked at the actual party, um, we really got got along because I think that you have goals and ambitions that a lot of kids and even like a lot of people I talk to my age mm -hmm. um, don't have. And it's not for a good or bad reason. It's just that they don't really think ahead at all. So yeah. it was really cool to sit down and talk with you. And I wanted to expand on that, man. Um, so without further ado, let's talk a little bit about how you got into DJing, found your art and got into music. All right. So um, my dad always growing up was always like my dad has had me at 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So him and I were kind of like, um, him and I both were kind of just like around each other always like, it was just me and him for still is majority of my life. Yeah. So him and I were really close and he would always have me in his front seat of his, of his like Jeep and we'd always be listening to, um, the album was, oh, what was it called? It was by Chaos mm -hmm. and it was released in 2001, but I remember I can almost, um, like sing every single song off that album because him and I just listened to that on repeat. Yeah. So I kind of grew up for like the first five to six years of my life. I grew up on like old school hip hop, um, lots of gangstar biggies, not really like, like East coast, West coast is more like underground. Cool. Um, living legends, nice, like that kind of old stuff. And then, um, growing up, I kind of went, um, into more like when I was around 10 years old, I was kind of going into like the Skrillex phase of like just yeah. being an angry little kid, but yeah. I wasn't like that. I wasn't like the emo kid. I was no. kind of like just angry sometimes. Yeah. And just like bang my head and like, yeah, and like punch my bed and stuff Fuck like that. Yeah, like, yeah, Skrillex. Yeah. <laughs> Yo man, I went yeah. to the same phase. Oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I was in like grade yeah. nine, grade and then, 10. Um, so I had, I went through that for a little bit. Um, went to my first music festival when I was 11. I went to center gravity oh. How was that, man? That was interesting because I've I've always really liked dancing. Yeah. And I've always been like, always have a groove. I always know where, where the beat is. So um, the first DJ I ever saw live was Matt the Alien at oh. uh, Center Gravity. And at that time, I was really into like Knife Party and Nero. And it just so yeah. happens that both of them were playing at that Center Gravity. Damn, dude. That's so a good I got combo. To, like, I got to experience that with my dad too. So um, that, was, that was pretty, that was really interesting because I kind of got to see like, my dad's been going to Shambhala for about 15, 15 years. Whoa. And uh, he always talks about it. He always comes back. I always see like the dust on the car. I'm like, oh, like where, like, where do they go? Like, just always wondering. And uh, I kind of got to have like a little, little mini taste of that. That's mm -hmm. center gravity. But as we all know, it's not like. It's not a Shambhala. It's not yeah, Shambhala. So for sure. I was kind of, I was pretty intrigued by that. Yeah. And then, um, that year he was he decided to paint there and uh so we got like free tickets so we got to experience that but then 
they kind of cut out the live the live art so i didn't really get to go back to that and then it just kind of started turning into like a drug fest and it's kind of got kind of a shit show but yeah it gets pretty intense yeah that's crazy man um i want to ask you a couple questions before we move on too far about uh going to a festival at 11. So I went to center of gravity for the first time uh, this last year. And I was like, that's, it was intense. There was a lot of weird stuff and like, man, it was a drug Naked fest 16 year olds, sure. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, lot to handle. I don't know, man. I got to wear like fucking PG 13 glasses on all the time, dude. This is not, it's not what I want. Um, I just came here for the music, bro. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it was, it was pretty intense. So how mm. was it being 11 and, and going to that festival? I like, and like talk about if it's been like big changes, um, from now until, uh, when you were 11 as well. Well, um, I just remember it kind of being, uh, just like a lot to handle. I remember it being just so loud and I was like, I can't like, I just can't even have a conversation. It was just being so loud. Yeah. And it was, it was like really exciting because I've always really liked like listening to music and always just vibing to it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I like wasn't like I was really fun because there were so many people there like vibing to the music, but like yeah. I just didn't really like being around everyone being there. And then that was like the first year I went to that, and then I just stopped going for like about three to four years until yeah. I became of age. But um, for like my eleventh Christmas, my dad decided to get me um a TTM like a Rain TTM 57SL DJ mixer. Oh, sick. And then I got two Technique 1200s and then I kind of taught myself how to like DJ in a sense. It was kind of just like dropping Skrillex into like more Skrillex and like things yeah. like that, like dubstep. Yeah, dude. And Mixed all of his buddy, yeah, and all of his buddies just kind of like gave me like a bunch of tunes to like go into and then I kind of just like messed around with that for like three years didn't really take it very seriously mm-hmm. went through a lot of needles dragging on the records that was like yeah. that was my my dad didn't really like that very much yeah, i can imagine they're like man. 50 bucks a piece so he didn't really like expensive. that very much yeah so that was that was like a big struggle for that and then i went to middle school and i kind of started taking it a little bit more seriously and like started actually figuring out how to beat match and figuring how how to like actually like sing like put the songs together so it sounds smooth like when actual dj does instead of just dropping it on right and um i started taking it more seriously and then i created a soundcloud account and then started posting like my mixes onto there and then that's like kind of like and then that's kind of like where i was like kind of intrigued by it i was like oh this is fun like this sounds really cool i can finally post it share it to people because it was kind of like i kept it to myself and like my my dad and that and like my stepmom and that's it Mm-hmm. Kind of kept it to myself, but uh, um, grade nine, I remember, um, my first DJ name was like just was Colt 45, and I was, <laughs> it, it was yeah. everyone in my middle school, like they knew I would post it, and I got like called all the names in the book. I was like, oh man, this sucks, I don't yeah. even want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, people are calling me like, like iPod button pushers, and oh, just shit. like, I just got ripped yeah, upon and uh i kind of just my dad has my dad's always been like just him and him always doing art yeah and i kind of just like he just said just ignore it just keep doing what you want to do and i was like all right but um i kind of didn't really fit in the whole lot so mm-hmm. i kind of wanted to fit in and they're like yeah like come vape come do this like don't mm, yeah. don't do the djing don't do that like come party and I'm like yeah 
I actually didn't even go to my first party until I was like grade 11, but uh, I was kind of scared. I was, I've always been scared to ask to do things because mm-hmm. I feel like my dad's gonna be ashamed of that. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, like grade nine was like a really tough time and grade 10 mm-hmm. going into my first year into high school is a really tough time. Like, cause it's my passion. Like I have like a real drive to do it, but I was, mm-hmm. it was like really tough for me to stick with it when getting like just getting like verbally assaulted by like so many kids. Yeah. Man, but, um, like junior high and high school is fucking rough for that. Dude. It's atrocious. Yeah. Like I, even, um, I'm glad that I can still relate to that. Cause I've been out of high school for about four years now. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem like that long, but there's a lot of things that have changed. But like the one thing for sure is you get attacked. If you say that you like anything, like I was, um, I was very much in the same situation. Like, um, my mom raised me from the majority of like my birth and stuff. And then my stepdad came in later. But uh, when I was in junior high and high school, like grade nine, grade 10 for me, um, I like started to find out that I wasn't an athlete and that I like didn't really want to do all the things that these people said that I should do and like go to school and like go to college and all this shit. Um, And I started realizing I was, I started realizing I was into film and like psychology a lot more. Um, so I'd like go and shoot like little films with my friends and we get ripped apart. And then we would like post them online or whatever. And then that's the worst internet part. trolls, man. Oh, that's they the worst get you. part. Yeah. So, uh, going back to you though, um, you're talking about how your dad was an artist as well. Yeah. And he kind of was coaching you through that mm-hmm. time as well. So my dad actually, my dad's a tattoo artist and, oh, sweet. um, he's all, he has always been doing things that like other people don't really like like to do and he always like sticks to like what he likes to do mm-hmm. and if someone doesn't like that he'll just keep going through it he'll just yeah. just drive right through it and that's like one thing i really like like look up to him as well as whatever people say or like whatever like people look at you and what you're doing and they want to they're like biting it or like they're like ripping yeah. on your steez for it yeah. he didn't really like doesn't really let him a let it affect him as much and i like really like took that from him and like just owned the trait that i chose to do yeah and um so my first like the first couple months into grade 11 i got my first dj gig Mm -hmm. and that was at like my friend like one of his friends birthday parties above the habitat like in the lounge and i prepared probably for like i had two weeks to prepare for it and honestly i was the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I kept a straight face. I was, I was like, had no emotion whatsoever. Yeah. And, um, it was like all the music festival people were there. Like everyone that goes to like Chambla, Bass Coast, et cetera, were all there. And, um, I got up there and I literally looked up and everyone was looking at me and I almost like, I almost cried. I was like, I can't even do this. Wow. And my, I had like an original plan and then like I, f- I saw the DJs prior and I was like, oh man, my stuff doesn't really go with that. So then I tried to like switch it up last minute. Oh no. And I like kept it going for like 20 minutes. Everyone was like really vibing. Then I switched one song and like that. Tri- it's amazing how like one thing can yeah. like make a crowd drift apart. And like that was not fun for me. That was Damn. devastating watching like everyone just kind of like drift away, like go continue their conversations. Yeah. And I really like, I really took like a part of that and just like realizing how going into things really affects what happens in the outcome because mm-hmm. going in like tight, not like 
clenching everything, being right. super nervous. Rigid. Like you're, yeah, rigid. You're not going to be successful. Yeah. You got to you got to be relaxed and be comfortable and know that you have a strict plan what you're doing. Yeah. And um, I feel that's really essential to to owning and doing like hundred percent great man. things. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I really think that, especially when it comes to anything artistic, because. Mm -hmm. yeah. With DJing, it's very similar to with filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Like um, a lot of the time when you go to a set or when you go to perform a set, mm -hmm. um, you have a plan or you have an idea of yeah. what the night would ideally look like if you were to shoot it or if you were to perform it. Mm -hmm. But then shit goes wrong or like all of a sudden you start playing a couple tracks and like no one really feels it. So you're like, fuck, well now I got to switch it up. Otherwise I'm going to lose everybody. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's all about that like attention game. But I think that's really smart that you actually like took in consideration about like how you felt beforehand too and like your body language because that's very much that's very very yeah. very true you can tell somebody who is a very like seasoned vet of what they're doing um because they're yeah they're enjoying themselves on stage but they're usually like pushing themselves so it's like a little bit of a competition um but even when you're just starting to learn it like you really should not be so like anxiety filled that you're like gonna throw up like mm -hmm. i still get really anxious whenever i go to do something like a, a shoot a gig fly my drone whatever it is but it's like a really exciting anxiety. It's mm -hmm. not like a crippling anxiety. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people have to like differentiate, right? Like, mm -hmm. are you super anxious to go to work or are you super anxious to go and perform? And is it like an, like a happy anxiety or is it just like a really like dreadful anxiety? Mm -hmm. um, so was yours like kind of like an energetic, energetic anxiety or was that just like a really rough time for you? Well, I've always felt like no one will like what I do. I always feel like, cause I yeah. have a specific ear for things. I always feel like someone, no one else is going to really like that. So I that was like that. a, that was a really big like worry for me. But um, I kind of turned out that like people actually really liked it mm -hmm. and people actually just like really enjoyed it. And I was really shocked by that because I always feel whenever I do my worst job, people like the most and I don't understand <laughs> really, why that eh? happens. How, can you explain that? How, how uh, Can you give me like an example of that? Like where you've performed your worst, but it's actually performed out like really good for you? Yeah. So I actually had um, a gig couple weeks ago at um craft downtown like the uh, it's like like this right across from sales oh like, yeah, like yeah social the market or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i went snowboarding all day i was exhausted i didn't really want to do it so i went there and like the, my intentions were good but i was like all right let's see what happens yeah. here it's my first time there and i brought all my equipment i waited and they're like okay we'll take you here and then they like put me on a table about four feet wide oh whoa! and i have like my equipment and my laptop and i was like yeah. you've got to be joking yes yeah, i was like this tiny. you're serious and i was like oh, okay so i plugged it all in and the speakers like the speakers there weren't the greatest and i was and it just my music just wasn't matching and i just wasn't like i was exhausted and yeah it just wasn't really flowing and then at the end of the night um it was a hard crowd to read because it was like people above 50 and then like yeah. people above like under 25 it was really strange yeah there was no middle ground and no one Whoa. was showing any emotion damn so that's Kelowna for you yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um i was like really lost so then after the fact i was packing up my stuff and the two managers came to me they're like you did great and i was like really like i couldn't even hardly hear the music and like yeah. wow i was like not beat matching whatsoever and they're like uh -huh. no, no no like it was great but like they're like, yeah, it's a very tough crowd to read. And like people are saying that like it was great music selection. I was like, oh, sweet. And that was like 
that was just more recent, so I know more of it. But I've mm. been in certain situations, definitely where, yeah, like feeling, like feeling, going into it not with like the most strongest intentions, not really being stoked because it's not like a huge stage or something. It's just like in a restaurant or whatever, right? And uh, like going in with not the strongest like confidence, yeah. And then good outcome yeah Yeah. a good outcome that's awesome man i think that's like it's a really good way to stay humbled Mm -hmm. almost you know i think a lot of the time too i turn down some gigs that i think are too small or i think that like it would take me so much time to do and it'd just be like exhausting um but those ones honestly end up being like some of the best that i've worked with Mm -hmm. uh and that's kind of like what moves your career up because you never know like somebody could own a business or like some kind of crazy fucking thing everywhere exactly yeah and they'll be like hey man i like your shit come perform exactly that's dope man mm-hmm. um so grade nine grade 10 was rough for you yeah uh that was kind of like focusing strong more strongly into it yeah right um so how did you kind of get out of that and or get over that like the the fear of or not even like the fear but just like getting over what other people think of you um and then how did you kind of really start like performing going forward because you performed recently like shambhala yeah um and I really want to talk about that going yeah. forward and stuff because you've so, had like some really sick gigs. Yeah. So after the fact of doing the Habitat, um, DJ Invisible, Kevin, Kevin Moore, really, yeah. he, uh, sent, I sent him a Facebook message saying, Hey, let's like, let's get together. Let's like, let's DJ sometime. I want to learn some stuff from you. And he sent me a message about 20 minutes later saying like, uh, you want to make like 350, 400 bucks tonight? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Like I can get you in DJing at Cactus tonight for New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. And I texted my dad. My dad's like, what? That's sick. Yeah. So then um, I went there, brought all my equipment, um, had some girls come out from where I worked and they were like, really, that really helped me like, cause they were like really strong supportive of me. So, yeah. I um, mean, having girls with you when you roll exactly, is definitely a confidence exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, that like kind of like boosted my confidence with that. Yeah. And I just kind of like, I just had fun. I just had fun with it. And uh, like that was at Cactus Club downtown and it, it kind of, it made me more comfortable being in that position because besides me dancing in my bedroom, like yeah. that was like before the habitat and all that, that's like, the like just go with like really like more in front of like people and like feeling the emotion. I feel like I still DJ cactus club to this day and I still okay. feel like that one, like DJing there, it may just be like cactus club or a restaurant or whatever, but right. I feel like being in the center of the restaurant where the DJ table was and feeling like the 360 emotions of everyone mm. and like feeling the vibes of everything was like very helpful. Yeah. And like seeing people's facial expressions or their like voices go louder and their like conversations are louder or mm. they come up to me and request stuff. Like I feel that was very helpful. Like, like honing, owning. Yeah. And like really honing in your skills, right. Yeah, exactly. And like honing in the set. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I think that's so key, like getting that feedback from everybody. And mm-hmm. it's so hard at a young age because either people will hate you yeah. and they won't say anything, which is the worst possible scenario. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or they'll really like, they'll think you're okay or they'll like you, but they'll mm-hmm. overhype. And it's just like, well, which one is it? Like, do you really mm-hmm. not like me or do you like me? Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to have that kind of middle ground where some people are like, yo, this is sick, but could you play this? Or like, yeah. then you don't, you don't get all these um, like opinions. It's all of a sudden like you get uh, a lot more of like a concrete idea of like what people actually want to hear. Absolutely. I mean, like, that's some, that's some sweet emotion. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, man. So you would say that like that new year's Eve kind of party and that performance at cactus was what changed your mind and yeah. gave you a lot more confidence mm-hmm. going forward. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's really good to hear. Like, yeah. I think that 
it's a lot about just trial until you find that one or two like sets or gigs that just like yeah. change the whole game for you, man. Yeah. I've, I've had the same thing, dude. Um, that's fucking awesome to hear, dude. Mm. So after that, where did you go from there? So my dad has been an art director for the main stage at Shambhala for the last like 13 years. And he just stopped doing it for the last couple. Yeah. And, um, so we kind of like, he established himself like on that, uh, on the grounds there and our family friend, Robbie, Mm -hmm. like he's, he is the director for the main stage, which is the pagoda stage. And, um, he knew I've been DJing, but I didn't really take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. And for last year's festival and about like same time last year, we were talking to him on the phone and we were like, he, my dad really wanted to take me to like take like experience it right. versus center of gravity. Yeah. He wanted like to see where he went to party. Right. And uh, we were on the phone with him and where he's like, my dad was trying to figure out how to get there because it's a 19 plus festival, how mm. I would get in. And uh, I'll be saying like, oh, well, like he has to like get a fake ID or like we'll sneak him in in the vehicle or something like that of sorts. And we're like, my dad's like, my dad's an honesty is the best policy kind of person. So That's really we didn't good. really want to do that. And uh, so we kind of like just sat on it for a couple of days. And then my dad and I sat down and talked to him. We're like, why don't we just ask him if you can DJ there? And we're like, I was like kind of shooting a little high. And I was like, I guess so. So yeah. my dad sent him a Facebook message saying, um, why don't, why isn't Colt play? And then messages back about a day later and says, I got an opening slot for Saturday to open the stage and I was like he's like you want to take that and I was like yeah so I got Fuck yeah, I got yeah. that and I like my dad kept it a secret for a little bit mm-hmm. and um and and uh it wasn't confirmed but um I was asked what I wanted my DJ name to be and I was like I just got harassed for the last three years for being Colt 45 I didn't know what to do and I was like I got so many silly names for ideas. Yeah. And for some reason I kind of, I went with Colt with a period at the end. Yeah. In all caps. And I was like, that, that looks dope. So then, uh, two weeks later, the roster came out for the Bogota stage. My name was on there. Okay. And I literally was on the bus home when that came out and I saw it and I literally cried on the bus. And I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. I was like, that's unreal. Yeah, man. And, uh, That I like thinking about it, it just gives me goosebumps still. Yeah. And uh, that kind of like just kept me going for months until August. And uh, that just, that helped my, that helped me boost my like creativity and my like, my emotions for myself mm-hmm. and my, uh, I don't know how to word it, but like my, my self esteem essentially. Yeah. To like DJing and like owning it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, ever since ever since I made that Instagram post that I was playing there, people kind of clued in. Mm-hmm. But still, like kids my age don't know like what Shambhala really is. Right. I mean, I don't even they, know what Shambhala is. Yeah, <laughs> you got to experience it. Yeah. But um, they were like, "Oh, that's a big festival." And they're like, yeah. "Maybe he's doing some dope. Maybe exactly. he's doing dope shit." And I was like, "Yeah." I kind of just sat back and watched. I had a little bit of egotistical moments, but that's yeah. I mean, you got to all have it. Yeah, dude. But um, hundred percent. That, that was, that was an incredible moment to be like, to put on. And, uh, I would say from there, that's when I knew what I was going to do for my career was when I was put on that, I saw my name on there. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. 
Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've done ever since, hey? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I really love that. I, I really want to chat a little bit about your mindset, about mm-hmm. that whole thing, right? So um, lots of kids are not doing anything and like they're not really like focused on wanting to do that. Um, and when I say, sorry, sorry, when I say do that, I mean like push themselves to a point where um, they're like uncomfortably comfortable with mm-hmm. releasing whatever it is and like whether it be art or just going out in the world and like figuring out who they are so many people are not comfortable with that. Mm. Um, and I'd really like to kind of get into your mindset about like your ideas around that. Um, and if you have any like philosophies that you kind of live mm-hmm. by, um, you are still very young, but like, I would love to hear any of this. I think this is really cool. So like, I would say my style of DJing is I like mainly stick to house music, but I like, I'm in high school still. So mm-hmm. I like, I can like see what the, like the younger crowd really likes. So I kind of dip my fingers in that. And then I also like watch a lot of like DJ sets on YouTube Sweet. and like kind of like listen to their track lists. Mm-hmm. And like, I really pay attention or like, I'll have a Spotify radio on yeah, and I'll be like, just like going through, like walking to the bus or whatever, or, like in school or whatever, just going through to like, just listening to songs. I'm like, Oh, that sounds dope. And I really like, I really like like eighties synth music yeah. and like the old synths, like Bonnie like M too, and like man. Alphaville. That's like, mm-hmm. I really, and the, and that's like what I really like to like, I like the feeling of that music. Yeah. So, and uh, people nowadays don't really like listen to it, but when it comes on, they're like, oh, what's that? And yeah. like, yeah, it's like, people oh, like, yeah, it's people nodding their head and uh, moving. Yeah. So I mix like, I mix like old music as well into my sets. I also mix, mix in uh, like house music and then like old, like hip hop. And uh, since learning on to like mm-hmm. learning on Technique twelve hundreds, like I know a couple scratches, nice. so I toss those in there too. But yeah. um, yeah, I can't. I don't stick to one genre. Yeah, I mix it all together because there's nothing worse than going to a DJ set and hearing the same for an hour and a half straight. I don't like that. It gets irritating. Yeah. So I mix it up, and I don't like to like keep the same rhythm. I like to switch it up, slow it down, speed it up, whatever. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, what's kind of like your main driver that you think about when you go into like creating music or whatever? Like, uh, do you want to, and like not to, not to be harsh or whatever, but like, would you like to make money with it? Would you like to be famous with it? Would you like to, um, be just like really well known or do you do it just because like you really just have to do it and like, there's nothing else. Like I, I would love to hear a little bit about that. I, the reason I do it is because I feel I like to go onto a stage and it be dead silent and I put a song on and people go nuts. I just like how I have dreams and I have like mirages of it. And I just feel like so many DJs nowadays do it for the money. They're like, or they have like ghost writers that do it. And I just like, I know I can do a better job and I know Mm -hmm. I can like show up and give it 110%. And I feel like, a lot of people nowadays just half-ass it, and yeah. I know I can go up there and rock it. So sweet. Um, yeah, that's hell. Yeah, it's not really for the money. I just kind of mm-hmm. like the lifestyle. Yeah. I also don't drink as well, so that's um, fucking awesome. Man. Yeah. So I don't really like like the party side of it. Yeah, you don't seem like the party type. No, like you you know how to enjoy a party, but you don't like exactly. The party. I've been to yeah. five parties. I've been to like five or six parties in the last Damn. three years. Yeah, that's good. So fun, man. That's yeah, like, so that's really good. Yeah, it's kind of more of uh, 
the vibe, I guess. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but no, t- yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in yeah. like 2018, yeah, yeah. 2019, yeah. the vibe, man. The vibe, I'm feeling man. the vibe. Uh, I feel that though. I totally understand what you're saying. I'm a lot of the same way. Like I don't really go out to parties very much. Um, I'm like very awkward in those situations because it's like a lot of people just being sad and drinking and like not really wanting to do anything. Um, and I much prefer doing things like this too, like yeah. getting to know and like understand people better. Um, yeah, that's super cool. I really mm-hmm. think what you're doing and like how you're pushing forward is going to like be super cool. And I'm like really excited to see some of the things you do. Yeah. Um, okay, man, I have a couple more questions for Absolutely. you and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, my first question is, do you kind of feel like you are a little bit on the outside and like on the fringes when it comes to oh, living your life? Absolutely. Yeah, I always I, feel undermined Yeah, because everyone just feels that you just plug in, you just plug in a couple things and you press a couple buttons. But like, honestly, it's a lot harder than that. I feel like changing, you can shift the mood in a room like instantly with a song or two. And then like yeah. the, the strongest, the strongest part of DJing I feel is seeing like what people resonate with and what they mm. want to listen to and reading that and then putting it into music is like, if you got that, you, you can master the craft. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. Mm. I feel that it's a lot of, uh, it's just a lot about understanding the room and like yeah. having like that power to be able to, yeah, like you said, change the room. And off. And of course you always have to have confidence with it too. Cause you mm. can't go up there and be like on a whim and be like, Maybe this will work. You have to, yeah. you have to be like, no, this is going to work and people are going to like it. Yeah. That's my mindset. Like 24 seven. This nice. is what people are going to listen to. This is what people are going to like. And yeah. I feel like with that mindset, you can do anything. Yeah, dude. And that's going to be fucking hard to maintain for the yeah. longest time. But yo, if you can, if you can keep that, that's, that's yeah. golden. That's like, that's mm-hmm. very much golden. Cause there are always going to be people that will fuck with your stuff yeah. and always people that really, really like your stuff. And there's obviously the opposite people that don't mm-hmm. like it as much and like, don't want to mess with it. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I also think that like being on the outside, you understand people a little bit more because you're seeing how they uh, interact with each other, but you're also seeing too. Yeah, dude, that's just a lot about observing. So I feel Mm -hmm. that for sure. I feel like that's a lot of what this brand is and like this, like this whole podcast is about, right? It's like bringing these like really uncommon people together, sit for a little bit and just like discuss a little bit Mm -hmm. about how they see the world too. Absolutely. Um, So thinking about the future and stuff, how do you kind of see the world going into uh, like 2019, 2020? Um, like what are your ideas and visions around like not only being a DJ, but like kind of like the state of music that it's in right now? I feel like the new playground for, for teenagers and adults nowadays is music festivals. That's like yeah. every, you ever, every single time you go on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, there's always a new festival popping up and then you're like, yeah. you're like, what? Like, that's a thing. And I feel well, like Fireside 2.0. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, um, I feel like that's like, the, like that's where people, I feel like for like the baby boomers era and like mm-hmm. the generation, I don't know, generation X or whatever, yeah. like our parents yeah. and stuff, I feel like they're so uptight and they like do their nine to five jobs. They have, mm-hmm. they do their things on the weekend. But I feel like nowadays people are like, you can make a living off of YouTube. You can like make a living off of like yeah. eating in front of a camera. Like you can <laughs> yeah. do anything you want to do to make money or like to live and sustain for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are expressing themselves more. And like with that in mind, music festivals, there's never like you see the craziest outfits ever. And I feel like yeah. the greatest, the greatest thing about music festivals is people being themselves yeah. and like just expressing who they are. 
and yeah. no one judges them because everyone else is doing what they want to do. Yeah. And I feel like it's just open ground and they want to experiment with some stuff. Go ahead. But like mm. there's music there. People like you'll find some, you'll look next to someone they'll be vibing and you just go like, Hey, and you introduce yourself and like, yeah. And then you guys have a similarity and then you, you're friends. Yeah. It takes like, off from there. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome, man. I, I think that's like really cool too. And that's what I'm excited about with art is like yeah. a lot of what we're going towards is um, it's been so competition based because mm -hmm. people think you come into this uh, industry, especially in film, and they're always like trying to compete with you on price or whatever, but yeah. then they starve themselves out. Because mm -hmm. like there's always going to be somebody that will be willing to pay your price and yeah, like absolutely. be willing to fuck with you so that you can support them in the fact of like giving them music or DJ or like things to like escape and in turn, they'll just like give you some attention and maybe some money. And like, that's always how arts worked. Yeah. So like having the internet open to that is, it's just like makes it so much easier. Cause now you can drop a track and maybe like a couple hundred thousand people could listen to it. Yeah. And that just like changes your life to create more and more music and like really continue doing it. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't really like even class myself as a DJ. I would just mm -hmm. like classify myself as like, I would, yeah, I would say actually DJ, but um, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between people plugging in and having the same set over and over again versus people that change everything up and know what's hot or like know what's up and coming and knowing what to play at the right time. That's like, that's key. Yeah. Knowing what to play at the right time. I think so. Yeah. It's all, it's all about the timing, man. Mm -hmm. All about the timing. Yeah. Um, for sure, dude. Okay. A couple more questions. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have one question for the young kids or just like people, not even young kids, just mm -hmm. like people who are out there, um, even if they are 50 or, or older um, and they're listening to this and they're like, I feel, I resonate a little bit with you. Like I, I really like, I struggle with um, getting over what people think of me or mm -hmm. just like really wanting to like pursue my artistic craft. What advice or like what, um, I guess like peace, like what little tidbit would you give them to help them out? Well, like I always listen to teenagers complaining about their life, like how their parents want to send them off to university or college. And everyone asks me like, what are you going to do? I'm like, you know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And they're like, okay, fair enough. And I'm like, if you like something and it brings you joy and it brings the people you love joy and you both like it and it's a shared like embryo of just like enjoyment mm -hmm. and love. And if you can do that for a living, go do it. If you can be confident and if you can live off of it or even if you can't even live off of it, if you have to do it on the weekends or you have to mm -hmm. do it after you're done work or before work, do it. You find something that you really like to do and just do it. And if like you really like to do it, someone will else, someone else will also like to do it. So you can always, I feel um, it may not be in your community or whatever, but the internet is expanding by the second. So yeah. There's a lot Re of community you can reach out and uh, find someone that is also on the same wavelength as you. 100%, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you so much for Absolutely. coming on to the podcast, my man. Um, tell the kind of tell the world what's going on with you. Um, are you dropping any new tracks? Uh, yeah, I like, um, Where we can find establish. I'm like establishing myself as a producer for right now. Um, I changed my name from Colt to Crispy Colt. Nice. Everyone, my uh, I don't even get called my biological name anymore. I just get called Crispy everywhere yeah, I go. That's how it goes, bro. My teacher, <laughs> my teachers call me Crispy. It's on my report cards. Nice. Oh no so, way. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'll be walking Yo, the you, hall. Have, you better have an album or at least like a mix trap with just like or mixtape with just like the like your report card and just yeah. like Crispy Colt on top. That would be fucking yeah. iconic, man. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. And uh, honestly, just like taking like what we said today, just 
the biggest thing I feel right now is kids feel like they need to go into university or like yeah. they feel like they need to do what their parents need to say. Like, fuck that. Just do what you want to do. And if your parents, like if your parents aren't behind that, like that's their issues. They're holding on to something that they want, don't want to let go on. And I feel like you need to do what you want to do because it's your life, not theirs. hundred percent, man. Yeah. That's an awesome way to end mm-hmm. it. Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Um, Toss up some of your socials and uh, we'll make sure to follow you, give you a like and uh, keep going. And like, fuck yeah, dude. I'm just, yeah. I'm really excited for like to watch you grow and to like mm-hmm. watch you produce more and more because mm-hmm. you've already done so much amazing things. And uh, even being on stage and on Chambala, yeah, that confidence boost and like that feeling that you get, yeah. like I can tell that's, that's fucking, that's like the life, that's the catalyst to your career. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've had one of those too. And it's yeah. an amazing feeling. Um, Keep pushing, man. It's going to mm-hmm. get hard, but like you're doing really dope thank stuff. You, thank you. Really dope stuff. Mm-hmm. So toss up your socials. And, so uh, everything's basically it. HTML, whatever, yeah. slash Crispy Colt. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Deezer, Tidal, etc. All those social um, streaming platforms, I'm on there. Crispy Colt. And then uh, the Crispies with a K, Colts with a K. Because that's how we roll. Yeah, and, uh Keep it crispy. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I like it. All yeah. right. Thank you guys so much for watching this podcast. Um, we are really, really trying to release more and more things, um, but it's just been a really, really crazy couple weeks. Uh, I've had some family in the hospital um, and I've also been going down to vacation next couple weeks. Um, take a week off. I haven't had a vacation in about five years. So deserve it. Yeah, man. Just like, I really don't like it, but I, I think You're I need just it. like a week of it. Yeah. So I'm excited for it, man. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we are continuing with the podcast. We're continuing with all the great things coming. So I'm hoping we can just inspire one or two of you to become that uncommon person that you know you can be. So keep listening, keep watching until we can help inspire you to do it your fucking self. Thank you so much for watching. Be Be yourself. Yeah. And we love you, bro. Take it easy, guys. See ya.